I definitely am not normally a person that struggles with fear, but there definitely were lots of opportunities for that this year. The news was not good and, and the data was constantly, it was millions are going to die yeah. or not. I mean, you know, yeah. it's, it's, you're, everything is so uncertain. There, there is, yeah. there's, there's a lack of clear information about what's going to happen. Yeah. And so for me, um, I really, in the little things had to pray against fear and have faith over that fear. And like the Bible tells us, we're not to have a spirit of fear but of power, love, and sound mind. And there was a lot of not sound mind going on around me. And so I really had to ask the Lord to give me the ability to have faith over any of those little fears that eventually add up to big fears if you don't get a handle on them. So for me, it was faith over fear. Welcome back to The Real Marriage Podcast. Pastor Mark and my wife. Grace Driscoll. She's the one with the cute voice. I'm the one that sounds like he smokes, but he doesn't. Hey, we are really honored and glad to have you joining us for the podcast. And uh, we're going to talk about lessons learned during this bizarre year we just had. And we've got a homework assignment for you and your beloved. But in the meantime, we're going to encourage you, wherever you listen to podcasts, go leave us a five-star review. Some of you will ask, what about a four or a three or a two or a one? Answer, no, 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 no. <laughs> Leave us a five-star review. Maybe, honey, you share one of the testimonies uh, just to give them an example. This is from TB Pride 12 exclamation mark. Do you think that's on their birth certificate? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it says, thank you. My husband and I have recently recommitted to Christ after 10 years and a half. Oh, sorry. Ten and a half years of marriage. <laughs> Hey, kids, we're 50. We don't see as good as we used to. Sometimes we need to read for each other. Sorry. Shoot. So I'll just do mine. He can cut off. No, no, no. You just keep going. It's the real part of the Real Marriage Podcast. So they've recommitted to Christ after 10 and a half years. Keep going, baby. Of marriage. That's awesome. We celebrate that. Yes. We had to get completely broken to build back the pieces. We both said, where was this 11 years ago when we were just starting? Great stuff to move forward with. They didn't want to hear from us 11 years ago. <laughs> we weren't doing that great either. <laughs> so anyway, hey, anyways. All right. So here's the big idea in this uh, short four episodes. Uh, we have had the most bizarre year on planet earth. I mean, we have personal things that happen in our life and then sometimes things affect your family or your city or your nation. The whole planet got hit by the same torpedo. And so things got closed, everybody got scared, everything got upended. And looking back on it, we're saying that in it, in whatever you have been through in this previous bizarre year, there are significant lessons that God had for you as an individual, as a couple, and as a family, that if you will learn from those lessons and not just return to normal, okay? Because right now, a lot of the people are starting to, quote unquote, see things return to normal. Restaurants are starting to open. Events are coming back online. Schools are open or opening or talking about opening, depending upon where you live. Um, but nonetheless, looking back, there were lessons that were learned in this past year that if you will learn from those experiences and opportunities and you'll integrate them into your future, it's actually better for you. 
your relationship with Jesus, your spouse, and your family. So looking back, babe, on this crazy, bizarro, strange hand sanitizer, oh my gosh, we're out of toilet paper, who took my mask (laughs) year, um, I asked you to write down four lessons that you felt like God shared with you or showed you that you want to integrate as things get back to whatever normal is uh, for our future. Yeah, first of all, I mean, I don't, normal is not a good thing in this day and age. So I'm not looking at normal. I'm looking for healthy. So learning from last year, I definitely am not normally a person that struggles with fear, but there definitely were lots of opportunities for that this year. The news was not good and and the data was constantly, it was millions are going to die or not. I mean, you know, it's, it's, you're, everything is so uncertain. There, there is, there's, there's a lack of clear information about what's going to happen. Yeah. And so for me, um, I really, in the little things, had to pray against fear and have faith over that fear. And like the Bible tells us, we're not to have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. And there was a lot of not sound mind going on around me. And so I really had to ask the Lord to give me the ability to have faith over any of those little fears that eventually add up to big fears if you don't get a handle on them. So for me, it was faith over fear. And we saw some people make a lot of their decisions out of a real mm-hmm. unhealthy fear. Yeah. And as a result, they they really isolated. Um, they went into depression um, and, and they're not well. And so, as you said earlier, it's not about getting back to normal. It's moving forward to healthy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and for those people, the decisions that they made and the condition they left themselves in was not healthy. Mm-hmm. Not healthy. So that was number one. What was number two? Um, just it gave me the ability to um, reboot on my priorities. And so just teaching me how to learn to focus better on the people that are in front of me that are priority and not get distracted with all the things that normally are going on around me. I had a chance to kind of reorganize life in a way and see what is important to God. And then out of that, how do I serve the Lord and those people that he has made priority in my life? So just a, a refocus. Number three? Um, listen more in my prayer time. I pray a lot and talk with God a lot while I'm doing tasks. and Laundry. You and the Lord <laughs> always meet in the laundry room. I have never met the Lord there. I think, I, think, I think Satan might meet me in the laundry room, so I stay away. It's a scary place. But you meet with the Lord over laundry. Yeah, he cleans me up in the laundry room. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Is that cheesy? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, just to how to listen more. Um, because there were just a lot of unknowns and, and a lot of things being said that people acted like they knew they were, what they were talking about, but they truly had no idea. And so I wanted to listen to God more, not just to what people were saying, um, you know, including the news, but all kinds of things. People that I trusted even didn't necessarily know what they were talking about. And so um, in my prayer time, I really tried to listen more to what to responses God wanted me to have and and ways God wanted me to live and things God wanted me to do in the midst of the trials. Um, Like I said, you know, from James, there's trials of many kinds. And so how do we respond to that? How do we listen to God in the midst of that? So this last year, though, there was more time for silence, solitude, prayer, contemplation. Yep. There weren't as many places to go. There weren't as many deadlines to meet. There weren't as many events that were demanding. And so all of a sudden it was an opportunity to listen more and the world did get a bit quieter. 
it's it's not like you're in stadiums and events or movie theaters or restaurants where there's crowds and noise. A lot more of life was solitude. In the laundry room. In the laundry room. <laughs> yeah, I didn't experience that this last year. I'll pray about it for next year. But the maybe explain the difference between uh, solitude and isolation. Solitude is when you choose to get time to let God invest in you and grow and learn. Um, whereas isolation. isolation is when you take yourself, remove yourself from God and people and all the things that help you grow and you get depressed and lonely and anxious and it leads to the opposite of the fruit of the spirit. And so for a lot of people this year, this was a year of isolation, but what mm -hmm. you're saying is it was a year of solitude, mm -hmm. yeah. that the Lord was still there. And that's the different perspective that the believer has. So if all you're hearing is media, social media, the psychological professionals are like, people are struggling because of isolation. It's like, no, they need to learn solitude. Right. That the Lord is an ever-present help in trouble. And Jesus went away to lonely places. He went to find solitude so that he could hear from the Father and work through anxiety or whatever was going through, you know, that process at that time. So for you, one of the lessons from this last year of solitude is something that you need to carry forth. Mm -hmm. When life does get fully normal and the kids have got sports and school and ministries, you know, 100% and, and travel opens back up and everything is back to full speed ahead, your soul probably needs more solitude than you were giving it previously. And you weren't aware of that until it was sort of an opportunity. Is that what you're telling me? Um, <laughs> I'm telling you to pray about it in the laundry room with the Lord. And I'm asking the Lord to tell you. So we'll just move right along. We don't want to do the real divorce podcast. So we'll just hit the next point. All right. What's the next one, baby? Um, just how to serve differently. Um, I, there's a lot of women that I serve at the church running women's ministry and then just in ministry in general. We serve people, pastors, um, couples, all kinds of people. But it was different serving people in this season because there were people that were shut-ins, that were older, that couldn't go out, or people that were afraid, or you know, people that we loved in our church and wanted to still minister to, but it was different. We had to be creative with that. And even if it was just a text or a note or, you know, a phone call or delivering a basket, or it was just, I learned how to serve in different, more creative ways and really be attentive to what those people's specific needs were and not just send something because, you know, to appease them. It was really um, intentional serving. So as Christians though, I mean, a lot of things were closed, but ministry should never be closed. No. We got to find new creative ways to love and serve people. Yeah. But if you go to the store and it's closed, um, you know, they are not able to do what they are intending to do. But mm -hmm. as Christians, there's always a way for us to do what intend, what God intends for us to do. Yes. And I, I appreciated that this year, you found creative ways to minister, to love, to serve. Um, and what it, what it does then is it's a lesson that we can carry forward into the future, some new ways to love people and do ministry that we add to face-to-face mm -hmm. -face and in-person and more traditional ministry methods. Maybe ministries could actually, or ministry could come back even stronger and healthier because now it's got a little more variety to it. Yeah. We don't want people to get forgotten. All right. Here are mine. Looking back on lessons. And the point is, Oftentimes, as things start to roll forward, we get so focused on the future. You know, okay, what's opening? Where can we travel? When's school open? What's new? What's next? It's good to look back and ask, you know, what are the lessons that we learned during a very bizarre year that none of us expected? 
that if we integrate into the future will help us to be healthy, mm. not just normal, like you said, but healthy, even healthier. The first one that I thought of was um, technology, when rightly used, can be a real asset. Yeah. That when you know everything hit, we rented a house up in the mountains. I rented a house up in the mountains. Uh, the kids are off of school and everything's kind of shut down. I'm like, we're going to go get a house in the mountains and just hang out as a family. And our older kids that are married or off of college or whatever, if they want to come hang out, I just want a place for them that's a fun place. And we could play cards or shoot pool or go for walks and just get a break. And then just simple things like not getting in a car and driving into a meeting, but maybe phoning in or zooming in. Not that I love all of that. Mm. I mean, I, you know, Zoom That's is a, a tough one for Zoom me. is a four-letter <laughs> word. It is a four-letter word. But I don't think I'd ever be a guy that 100% works remotely. We're in ministry and that's a relational business. But how to use technology to say, I can go away with the family for a week and I can call into a meeting um, and still get that time with the family. So how to integrate yeah. that forward. I think for a while, a lot of us were doing in the office, face-to-face, and then it went totally digital. I think going forward, I think it's going to be a bit of both. And yeah. everybody's got to figure out for their life, their family, their rhythm, their business, what that looks like. Uh, the second one for me is that God is faithful. And I know we say that as Christians. And uh, sometimes it's hard to say that at the beginning of the unknown, mm-hmm. the unexpected, and Absolutely. the uncertain. But looking back, God was incredibly faithful to us and to our family and to our marriage and to our ministry. 100%. Uh, this is the most uh, supernatural year of my entire life. Mm-hmm. We saw God show up at Real Faith Ministries and the Trinity Church in ways that defy any sense of even possibility because God was the X factor that made it all happen. And so at the beginning, maybe be honest with them, the first night that we heard, hey, you got to close the church, the governor sent out the decree. Maybe be honest with them what I did that night. We called a family meeting, had dinner, and then we came home after mm-hmm. we talked with the kids. I grabbed a bunch of white sheets of... Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. White, giant, 3M sticky tabs. <laughs> <laughs> Put them all over our bedroom wall and started... Because nothing says romance <laughs> like... Emergency planning. Feverishly writing down thoughts that were coming to your head of how to proceed forward. Pivots, leadership, structure, budgets, budget cuts, calendar, everything. I stayed up half the night. (laughs) I slept soundly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's our marriage in a nutshell. I'm feverishly scribbling all night and she's laughing and sleeping. So that's how we do this. Um, And so, yeah, for me, when it started, it was like, trying to figure out what the future holds and trying to prepare for it. And as a leader in a season that's impossible to anticipate the yes. future, I all I can do every day is get up, pray, listen, and ask the Holy Spirit to help me make good decisions for that day on the data that I have, and then try again tomorrow. Amen. And uh, you've always lived that way. <laughs> <laughs> But I've learned to become a better planner. In our marriage, we've learned from each other. That's what you have to do. I totally agree. You've learned to chill a little more, and I've learned to be a little more prepared. Yeah, congratulations. So (laughs) that's really good. So for those of you that would like to send us a gift, since we've made (laughs) such tremendous progress, you're welcome to do so. But God has been super faithful. The other thing that I learned is my natural tendency is to overextend myself. Mm. The Bible talks about a Sabbath. You know, and it talks about 
that it was a gift that God gave us so that we could be healthy. And when everything got taken off the calendar, uh, I quickly realized that a lot of what was on the calendar probably should have never been on the calendar in the first place. And I tend to be someone who overextends, overcommits, and um, overworks, for sure. Mm -hmm. And so for me, when everything got canceled and cut back, I started taking things off my calendar. And there were days that it was honestly really emotionally hard. Like our uh, our middle son, Calvin, it was his senior year. I'm canceling his baseball season on the calendar. Mm-hmm. I'm canceling his you know graduation activities. I'm canceling his senior trip. And as a dad, I'm having a heart funeral. It's like, oh, this is my son. And He's a great kid and it's his senior year. And this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to make these memories and, and have these transitions. There were other things I went to take off my schedule. I was like, why did I ever say yes to that? <laughs> why did I agree to that trip? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm taking it off my calendar. Why did I ever put it on my calendar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good time to reassess. It is a good time to reevaluate and reassess. And maybe even one homework assignment for you all would be, you know, look back at your calendar and just ask, what are the things in the past that we should have just never put on? And what are the things that everybody's expecting us to put on? Cause that's what we used to have on. But as things come back online, you're like, that's not going back on the calendar. We're not, we're not going to commit to that. We're not going to be obligated to that. We're not going to do that. Does it feed your relationship with Jesus and or your marriage? And if it doesn't, then reevaluate if it should be on there next time. Well, and then that's the last point for me was um, really living out of the priorities. Mm-hmm. My first priority needs to be healthy relationship with God. Next needs to be healthy relationship with you. Next needs to be healthy relationship with the kids. And then whatever job ministry God has for us flows from healthy relationship with the Lord, you and the kids. And it flows down from that. And uh, looking at time, schedule, energy, money, I would say that uh, my budget, my schedule and my energy didn't fit my priorities. Mm. It's not like God always got best and then you got what was next best. Oftentimes it was other people and things that had cut in line and were taking time and energy and money away. And with this kind of hard reset where all the stores are closed, you can't go out and spend. You think, okay, when I when I go back out and spend again, would I spend it like this? You look at your schedule and you take everything off it. And you're like, okay, when I put things back on my schedule, what are the things I, I just wouldn't put back on? Yeah. And so, you know, what we would submit to you is some people were just sort of white knuckling, waiting for the world to get back to some semblance of normal. And we love you. We want better for you than that. Amen. Because normal right now isn't very good. No. It's not very healthy and it doesn't produce good Christians or good marriages or good families. And so our homework assignment for you, for your marriage, for your family, it's a good conversation to even have with the kids. Just saying, okay, as as the world is moving back to what open. was more open, uh, what are the lessons that we learned while it was more closed that are healthy lessons that God taught us so that we can have a better, healthier future than we would had we not been through this experience and per- perhaps even use it as a classroom where God is teaching us lessons that make us better for the future so we could be better Christians and better husbands and wives. That's great. I love that. You want to pray for him? Yeah. Dear Lord, thank you that um, we have so much to be thankful for, even in the midst of crisis. I pray that we would look to you and look to what you're trying to teach us in those, that we wouldn't get so consumed with the trial that we forget the lesson that comes from it. Lord, I pray that you would minister to us and teach us um, as the best teacher we have, and that we would be um, people that listen 
and respond uh, from your word to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Brad.